Hey everyone, it's John. Welcome or welcome back to the Rock Christian Families podcast channel. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as go to the rockchristianfamily.com where you can also find all of our previous message series. It's a super easy way to share content with a friend. But most importantly, I hope that the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, Dad, thank you so much for joining us for three more conversations. I know in the past we've had such amazing feedback and what my heart is, what our heart is, is for these conversations uh, to be applicable for everyone and anyone, whatever stage of life they are in. And when sometimes you come across scripture in the Bible that you read so much that you just become numb to it. And the one that we're going to be picking apart, uh, that might fit that category as well. But when you actually dive into what Jesus in this case is uh, speaking about, you can just flesh it out so much. And I know when we were discussing this, we're actually only uh, trying to have it in one 25 minute conversation. Um, But then the more you read about it, the more you Uh, look at how it can apply to your life. You can't possibly have a 25-minute conversation. Um, So we decided we're going to do this over three weeks, a three-week series on the Bible passage, John 10.10, which says, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to bring life and life to the full. And so can you set up the stage for the next three weeks of um, how we are going to learn to have life and life to the full. Absolutely. And again, John, uh, thank you uh, for, for letting me have this conversation with you and with everybody in the community who will be a part of this. And I'm so glad you guys have picked this verse, John 10, 10. It, it's always been one of my favorites because it, it's like uh, almost Jesus' personal mission statement, isn't it? You know, he yeah. says, here, here's what I'm here to do. I'm here that you might have life and, and have it to the full. And I loved when when you and I started talking about this. You're right. We realized there's so much in here. And I think a lot of it is because that the promise of this abundant life that Jesus talks about, it's so uh, almost counterintuitive to how the world goes about offering abundant life. And and I think what we realized is that the abundant life that Jesus talks about, it has what I call sort of three distinct pathways to it. And I guess that's what we'll do each week. And, you know, one of those pathways, for example, is community. Jesus had a lot to say about community. And that's really one of the key components of this uh, abundant life. I think the second one is service. Uh, You know, in a world that's very much all about ourselves and taking care of my needs and so on, Jesus says, uh, no, I mean, the abundant life that he's offering, a key pathway of this is serving other people. So we'll talk about that. And, And then the third one is is uh, living a life for a purpose beyond the, your, yourself, like for a greater purpose. Uh, again, our lives can become so small sometimes, so uh, insulated almost, and yet Jesus is inviting us to something so much bigger than that. And I think that's the the other component. So yeah, each week we'll unpack one of these, and I trust that at the end, all of us will have more of a clear sense of what this abundant life is that Jesus talks about and how we can experience that for ourselves. Yeah, and I'm, we're so excited for these next three weeks. And But for today, like you said, we're going to focus on that community aspect. And I feel like community, at least in the church world, is something that we talk about a lot. And I feel like maybe sometimes we can just feel like we're 
being encouraged to be out communified. Like we can only have so much that word up. We can only have so much community in our life. And it's like, oh, not this community thing again. But sometimes we're actually not getting the community that Jesus intended for us. Yeah, you're so right, John. I love that word. I uh, over communified or whatever it is i'm going to use that but but you're right it's a word that all of us throw around whether it's in the church or in any other uh, part of our lives but you're also right that when, when jesus talks about community it's something very very different it's something that's very rich and soul-filling and life-changing as well so what is that community that he talks about and and how do we get there well, one of the things that I've really found is I've studied Jesus and the way he built this kind of life-giving community is he was always so intentional. And I think that's something that we can apply ourselves is that the kind of community that Jesus talks about, it's not accidental. You, you don't just sort of drift into it. The kind of community that Jesus talks about is always so intentional. I mean, Jesus was always, he, he called his disciples to himself. You notice how he did that? Like he didn't... Um, he didn't sort of wait around and, and wait for people to kind of drift by. No, Jesus called people like he called the disciples. So he took that step. He took the, that step of intentionality. And I think that's something that we need to look at as well is how can we be more intentional in calling people into community with us? Yeah. And, you know, when we read about Jesus, dad, and you just you just touched on this, often we focus on the things that he taught, right? We focus on what he did and, and, you know, he had all these amazing sermons, but sometimes we don't focus enough on how he lived his life. And I believe that the best role model in terms of how we can live our life is actually Jesus. And what you were talking about there was um, Jesus, how he found community was so vital to his life. And I know for us as a family, Dad, you've always talked about the importance of community, but you've also emulated it as well. And 10 years ago, we were all sort of put in a situation where we were removed from our normal community, which we had built for our whole life. Um, and we we're all sort of placed in different areas. So, and it affected each one of us differently. Adam, uh, he stayed in Kelowna where we're from. And, and so he was able to continue to build his community that he had there. But part of that community would have been his family. And all of a sudden the family dispersed. Um, Amy, she moved to Vancouver, which is a different city, had to build up a new network, new church, new community. Um, I came to Australia 10 years ago where I was sort of thrown in the deep end. And luckily I was planted in a place that community was a huge value. And so it wasn't the hardest thing to grasp. But for you and mom moving to Chicago from Kelowna after 30 years in one, in one place, tell me what was that like trying to reestablish? How intentional did you have to be to build that community again? Well, yeah, it's a great description, by the way, John, of how all this came about in our whole family. And it really does point to that value of being intentional uh, in building community, the kind of community that, that Jesus is, is talking about. So when we moved here to Chicago, I have to admit it was, it was a bit easier for me because I was coming down to a job and I already knew some people here. And so I, I kind of eased right in to, to a sense of community. But for mom, it was totally different. You know, we, we showed up on a street in a city she'd never lived with. She didn't know anybody down here. And what she did, John, is that 
she modeled this value so well. She modeled what it means to be intentional, to be the one who takes the step in order to build a kind of community that Jesus is talking about. So, you know, for a lot of people, if you find yourself in a situation where you don't know anybody, you wish you were in community, it, it would have been so easy for mom to, you know, to sit here at home and to kind of look up and down the street and I hope someone comes over and welcomes me or, or I hope someone comes over and, or calls me or, or whatever it is. And again, that's great. When that happens, that's a bonus. But see, mom took this intentional step. So what she did is she just decided she's here to bless everybody on the street and then eventually in other areas of life. So she she started making these pies. She just said, okay, I'm going to, uh, I was off traveling. Mom started making these pies. And then every day she would just go to someone's house on the street. She would knock on the door, total stranger. And she would just introduce herself. She would say, hi, my name's Nora. My husband, Scott and I, we just moved into that house over there. And uh, uh, we just like to hope we could be friends and, and get to know you. Oh, and by the way, here's a pie. And I mean, John, who's ever said no to one of mom's pies, right? I was so proud of her because she took the initiative. She built community. And before long, because of that, we knew everybody on the street. And for 10 years, we've enjoyed such a richness of community here. And mom's done the same thing at, at church and everywhere else she's been. I've tried to learn by watching her. Because as you said, this is exactly what Jesus did. He was intentional. Mom was intentional. I think there's something there for all of us to learn if you want to move towards that abundant life that Jesus is talking about. Yeah. And dad, you and I have something uh, in common other than our hairline. Or our lack of hair. <laughs> um, we have something in common where we are both pretty introverted people. And, and I know for me, um, let's say in the church world, I'm a pastor at a church right now, but uh, before I was a pastor and when I would go into a new environment or a new church, I almost had the expectation uh, that everyone else had to welcome me in instead of yeah. stepping outside of my comfort zone um, as an introvert, putting myself out there and trying to build that community where I, I was. Sure. So if uh, someone's watching this like you and me who are pretty introverted people, uh, what would you say to an introvert who values alone time. Well, and you're right, that describes you and me, doesn't it? And again, we're not antisocial, but as an introvert, uh, we're very comfortable being on our own. Yeah. And you know, John, I, I would actually say there's a, there's a lesson here, both for extroverts and for introverts. See, extroverts, we often think of them as, they're the social butterflies, they're the, they're the ones who can run around and just make community all over the place. But here, here's the reality. What, they, what extroverts have to be careful of is you can make a lot of acquaintances, but you might not be intentional to really make deep relationships. So sort of the caution flag for extroverts is make sure while you're very comfortably talking to a lot of people that you're also being intentional about deepening those relational roots too. Now, for those of us who are introverts, I think again, where the intentionality kicks in is to simply be the first one to walk across the room. Be the first one to extend the hand of friendship. Be the first one to make that call. You know, uh, during the, the pandemic and during all the lockdowns, I was actually not too miserable. I mean, I, I'm not blind to, to a lot of the problems, obviously, that COVID and the pandemic were causing people. But, you know, the, the jail sentence was I had to sit alone, you know, with, with mom and, and so on. I didn't mind that. But I also knew that's not healthy because I was I was being removed from the kind of community that I know Jesus wants for me, the kind of community that would be life giving to me. 
And so I had to become intentional, even as an introvert. So what I did is I just said, okay, at least once a week, I'm going to reach out to one of my friends. It could be a friend here in Chicago or even a childhood friend. And you know what? Nobody said no. I, I would send them a text, send them a note, whatever it was, say, hey, we haven't caught up in a while. Let's get together next Tuesday night at seven o'clock and just catch up. And I found that the more I did that, the more first steps I took, the easier it became. And that really helped to enrich my relational world. I was intentional about building community just as Jesus was. And I think that's a step towards that abundant life. Yeah, and I can specifically remember in my life, I think it would have been maybe five years ago now that I was, uh, I, I guess, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, just not doing well. And I had to take a step back and reflect. And I realized I don't have any friends. Like I might have some acquaintances, but I wasn't intentional at building that community. And we can so easily, especially as an introvert, but whoever, if we're not careful, we can go a few days, we can go a week, we could even go a month without building meaningful connections in our life. And so what I I thought, what's the worst that someone could say? And it was no. And so I, I went through my phone at people that I had something in common with, and I was intentional at building community with those people. And I think right. often, Dad, depending on what we enjoy doing, we can confine ourselves in a box of what community looks like. And mm -hmm. so I just want to encourage people that are watching this, especially at the Rock Christian family, but wherever you are, whoever's watching this, that community doesn't mean you have to go and sit and have a cup of coffee with one another and catch up. Um, for me, one thing I love to do is I love to go for runs with people. And when I'm going for runs, with people, I'm being, I'm asking intentional questions. I'm asking uh, the next question after that intentional question to try to draw the best out of that person, but as well, uh, maybe to let them in into my life and what's going on. And, good. Um, yeah, if you're watching this and you feel like you don't have community around you, the first key to get that community that Jesus talks about is to be intentional. And, and so if that's the first key ingredient, Dad, what's the second? I, yeah, so after, after we've sort of made that step to decide, okay, we are going to be intentional about this, I think it's also important, the term I use is we have to approach community by being invested. Now, by invested, I don't necessarily mean financially, but again, this is something that Jesus modeled, that Jesus taught, and it's almost the complete opposite of what the world teaches and what the world says, because uh, to be invested means you enter community in order to bless or benefit everybody else. And see, typically what the world is saying, it's all about ourselves. And the way Jesus approached community and where the richness comes in is when we take the approach that says, no, I'm going to come into community and my mindset, my purpose is to see how can I bless, how can I add value to everybody else in this circle? Yeah. So can you expand on that? Can you expand a little bit on what does it actually look like practically uh, for us to pour ourselves into people's lives around us? Sure. Well, let me start with a, with a story from the Bible, because I think this is one that I often think of when I think of what it means to be in community in a way that adds value to others, invested in others. And, you know, one of our Old Testament heroes, certainly one of mine, was a guy named David. Now, uh, David would eventually become the king of Israel, but there was one part of his life where everyone kind of knew he would become king, but he wasn't the king yet. 
And so as a result, the guy who was king, he was a man named Saul, was trying to kill, kill David. So David's on the run. And Saul's got his armies. They're chasing David. David, David had a little army too. But in particular, he had a group of about 30 men around him. And he called, him, he called them his mighty men. And this was a very tight-knit community. They were invested in one another. And, and one of the best examples of this was they'd been on the run for a long time. And, and they got to the point where David was just exhausted. He'd been carrying a really heavy weight on his shoulders through all of this. And he was just sort of talking with his close community, with these mighty men. And he was talking about the good old days. He was just kind of reminiscing. And he said, you know what I used to love that I don't get anymore? He said, there was this certain uh, well that had the purest, most crystal clear water. I used to love drinking water from that well. And I really missed that. Now, he didn't think much of it. But then the mighty men, they kind of put their heads together and said, we got to try to get some of this water for, for David. Again, they were invested in their community. They were invested in David. So had, the problem was that the well was surrounded by Saul's army. But a couple of the guys, the mighty men, they snuck in, they snuck some of the water, and they brought it back to David. Now, again, you think of their mindset. They were not in this community for their own benefit. For them, it was all about David. And you know what? If you read more of David's story, you realize he was in the community for the mighty men and for everybody else. That's the mindset we're talking about. It's being invested, not in yourself, but it's adding value to everybody else around you. Yeah, yeah. And we're at the at church right now. We're in a series called Four. And, and we just want everyone to know that we are for them, that as Jesus followers, um, as God's hands and feet here on earth, that we are for people because God is for people. And that uh, for me, like I'm so blessed to be a part of The Rock because this value of investing into other people's lives is something that we just see over and over and over again. And uh, I know that everyone around us realizes that, yes, everyone needs someone, that mm -hmm. everyone that me as an individual, I need someone, but also someone might need me. And because mm -hmm. of that, because of that fact, we're going to step out of our comfort zones and even step out of our busy schedule. Sometimes you got to schedule this, uh, this gap into your calendar to say, I'm going to leave room in my calendar to invest into someone else's life. Because if we don't, then all of a sudden our full days are be being taken up by meetings, work, family, which is great, but we don't leave room to invest into other people's lives. So good. Yeah. And, and so I see a theme happening here with uh, how you're drawing this out. We had your, you got to be intentional to build community. You got to be invested. So those are two eyes. What's, what's the third eye you got? Do you think it might start with the letter I? Yes. Uh, in pastoral world, we call it alliteration. We love things that all line up like that. And for me, it, it helps me remember these some these principles that Jesus is talking about. But you're right, you want to be uh, intentional, you want to be invested. And then thirdly, to build the kind of life uh, building community that Jesus is talking about, you want to be inclusive. And, and John, when you and I were talking about this earlier, you said something that just struck a chord, it was so true. How did you put it that uh, being inclusive was like one of Jesus top values or something like that, right? Yeah, top, if you had three values that were his top three, inclusiveness has got to be up there. Absolutely. And, you know, one, one of my favorite stories that, that illustrates this, because, again, what Jesus was modeling and teaching was that in his kind of community, 
we, we don't just look for people who are exactly like ourselves. Yeah. We look for people who are on the margins, people who are on the outside, people who might otherwise never come together. That's the kind of community that Jesus wants us to build. It's the kind of community he built. You know, a few minutes ago, we were talking about his, his closest friends, these 12 close friends. They were called the disciples. And if you really understand who they were, if you kind of look in the Bible and, and you read kind of the biographies of these 12 men, you realize Jesus was living out, being inclusive. Uh, a great example was, you know, one of the guys he called was named Matthew. Sometimes in the Bible, he was called Levi. And his job was he was a tax collector. Now, we see that and we just say, okay, well, we have tax collectors, but not like they had back then. You, you see, being a tax collector meant Matthew was one of the most hated people in all of Judea. That's where, where they lived at that time. Because the this was um, Judea at the, at the time of Jesus was occupied by the Romans. And the Romans collected tax through these people that they would hire. So Matthew, he was a Jewish person, but he'd been hired by the Romans to collect money from his own countrymen. So could you imagine, you already hate the Romans. Now you got this guy named Matthew who's been hired by them to take your money. Plus, it was such a corrupt system because Matthew and all the other tax collectors, they were allowed to keep more than they, they needed to collect. So it was they were horrible. They were hated. So Jesus calls a tax collector in. He also called another guy in named Simon the Zealot. Now, what's a zealot? A zealot was like, we would call it a terrorist organization. They were radical uh, Jewish people. And they, among their, uh, the things they were trying to do, there were two key platforms in what they were trying to accomplish. One was to overthrow Rome. And secondly, was to kill tax collectors. That's what it meant to be a zealot. So Jesus calls Simon the Zealot in. And, and you know, John, I've often thought, what would it have been like to have been there when Jesus did this introduction? Matthew, the tax collector, meet Simon, the guy who kills tax collectors. Simon, this is Matthew. And then, okay, boys, let's go camping. You know, I, I was wondering, I wonder if sometimes Jesus kind of had to put his sleeping bag in between those two boys when they, when they were out there. But this is what Jesus did. And he was modeling something that he wanted us to, to, to do as well and to benefit and be blessed by. When you're building community, make sure it's an, it, it's an inclusive community. It's a community of people who might be on the margins, who might not otherwise connect, but there's richness in that kind of community. Yeah, and I like to say that Jesus would invite everyone and anyone to his table. And what I mean by that is, when you're in high school or any school, you've got your lunch table that you sit at. And typically in, in our world, uh, people that are sitting at your table are like you. They like the same things as you and, and they just, it's convenient to have them around. But Jesus often had people that were nothing like him. And he said, why don't you come and sit at my table? You've been rejected from every other table here. You're, you're a bit of an outcast, but I've got so much room for you at my table. And the amazing thing about that is they were nothing like him, um, but they always got along. I mean, Jesus always uh, was able to connect with them where they were at. And so today uh, we are talking about how do we get this life and life to the full that Jesus talks about in John 10.10. 10. And this is just part one of this three-week series. And today we looked at uh, community. And to have the community that Jesus talks about, you have to be intentionally, you have to be intentional. You don't accidentally fall into meaningful community that's going to make your life better and make other people's lives better. It just doesn't happen. You have to be intentional. You also have to invest. 
when you're in community, it's not all about you. In fact, it's what can you do to make other people's lives better? So you got to be intentional. You got to invest. And the third one is inclusive. You have to be inclusive. Be inclusive of everyone to have this true community that Jesus talks about. So, Dad, thank you so much for taking the time today to uh, pick apart John 10, 10, where it says the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to bring life and life to the full. Well, John, it's been a privilege, and I love the verse. I love the Rock Christian family, and I love this journey of looking at what does this abundant life really look like. Uh, we've touched our on the topic of community. We've got a couple more to go, and I think it's going to be a great conversation. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Townsville area, we would love for you to engage with us on Sunday mornings at 213 Will Street from 1030 to 1130 a.m. If you liked what you heard in this episode, make sure you subscribe to this podcast channel so you don't miss out on weekly content.